a stu stu Studio D production. I can't wait to tell everybody that I, during the pandemic of 2020, only listened to Alanis Morissette and died by armpits red because that's tomorrow's goal. I'm going to try and dye my hair blue, but I'm not going to actually do anything to make it more likely that blue will stick. Like, I'm not going to bleach or lighten my hair at all. I'm just going to go for it. So in reality, I'm probably going to dye my hair black. But if it has, like, a slight blue tinge in the sun, I'll feel like it's a success. Cool. (laughs) That sounds fun. It comes in the mail later today, so. Evie reminded me of one thing. We've challenged each other to what we're calling troll or imp walk around (laughs) the house. So you have to bend your arms at the elbow and move your elbows up and down while you walk and hunch over and bring your knees up and high step as you walk around the house. Why? (laughs) Because she was doing it and I was making fun of her. And then I decided that if I did that everywhere, I'd lose a lot of weight. And so now we've challenged each other to walk around the house doing that every time we walk around the house. Kyle and I are celebrating our five-year anniversary on Saturday. Ooh. Yeah, we can't do anything. (laughs) So we're going to drive down to our favorite restaurant in Denver and get some takeout. And go buy a nice bottle of wine. That sounds nice. What restaurant? Um, Fresh Craft. We've been there. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Like uh, fresh Grass. Fresh yep. Craft. Oh, Fresh Craft? Yeah. Nope, it's Fresh Grass. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I thought maybe they went vegan or something. Oh. Uh, uh, you no. right? No, we're not. <laughs> so, is, are we going to have a podcast? Is it time? Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast again. That's not the quote. It's are we done? Are we done? Sit down. I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up. So don't you be It's after family story time. The podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Effed Up Family Story Time. I'm Salem. And I'm Hannah. And we are here again remotely. So that means we have all five of us here. We've got Kelly. Hey. Belle. What's up, guys? And Jess. Yo. Yo. Yo is right. Yes, I got something right. I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so we're uh, recording, what is it, our 16th episode? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Hannah's going to be telling the story this time. We're doing this via Skype, so the audio may not be the greatest, but we have to work with what we've got. So As long as you can hear us. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll be able to make that happen, at least. <laughs> How's I everyone doing? Time. Good. The same as I, I was five minutes ago when you asked. I'm just trying to do. I'm this. just teasing you, <laughs> Kelly. I'm sorry. I'm just teasing you. How's I your probably... sewing coming, Kelly? It's really good. I've made 38 masks so far. That's oh, wow. cool. That's a lot. I have three more to make before I take my donation in, but they're already like ready to make. So I'll do that this afternoon, and then I'll just keep making to have extras on hand and stuff. So right. yeah. I had the saddest dream about grandma last night. Oh my goodness. Do it was I all of us. This? Well, 
I don't know. It was just so we like all lived in like Seattle or something. I don't know. It was a city, but it was not Denver. And then, but grandma lived in Tokyo with granny. <laughs> with granny? <laughs> yeah, granny lived in Tokyo. And then granny got really sick. And so we all had to go out to Tokyo to like visit granny. And then like granny died. Oh, no. And we were in like this weird Tokyo hospital where like nobody spoke English. And Did we were just like, anime I to see. No. <laughs> We were like trying to go and see Granny before she died, and none of us could get to her room because we didn't know where we were going. It was sad. That is sad. So that was my fun dream I had last night. Oh, <laughs> that's weird. It was weird. I had, I had a dream a few nights ago that mom and dad showed up at my house, be all super concerned and worried about Evie because I was feeding her expired lunch meat. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> What kind of weird dream is that? One, I have no lunch meat in my house because she doesn't eat it, and I don't eat it fast enough before it goes bad. I have bologna because yeah. I'm gross. I love like bologna. Okay, now it's Belle's turn to tell a weird dream. That's what we're doing now. Everybody's I'm telling weird dreams. dreams that I uh, can't leave the house, so I'm even quarantined in my dreams. So oh, that's, well, that sucks. It happens once. It's, it's, like, it's not happening like... every night, but it's happening enough to be like this is annoying like i can't even go anywhere my fucking dreams cool <laughs> what about you kelly any weird dreams not really i've had some weird dreams but i don't remember what they are but i did read an art or i didn't read the article let's be honest i read a headline that and like the beginning <laughs> intro to an article that said that because we're all like sleeping a little bit more because we're just like trapped in the house so naturally we're sleeping in a little bit more or going to bed a little bit earlier that we're actually all going to start having more vivid dreams because we'll be getting more REM sleep. Mm. Oh. That'd be cool. So, you know, if that headline and intro to an article is, <laughs> is, is real, factually based, then there's some interesting information. You want me to check my sources? Well, I can't. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Say? I don't remember my dreams, really. Mm. George had a dream that made him sad. Aww. I can't remember. He told me about it this morning, and I can't remember the beginning. But the part that made him sad was that I guess there was like he was there was like a little girl that, but it was like nobody that's real in real life, and she was like okay. eight or nine or something, and she was going to school, and for some reason he was there with her at school at the school, and there was like this group of kids that were like the no god squad or something like that and their job was to go around and make sure they removed every evidence of god anywhere in or around the school <laughs> and he was really sad about that george would have a dream with the no god, no god. <laughs> like something Which... like that that may not have been it i don't remember he told me this morning i was still tired all right are we ready for a drink corner Drink corner time. So welcome to our second round of quarantine drinks where we have mixed what we have. Some people may have been to the liquor store again since our last podcast. Some may have not been. Yeah, that's a good sentence. Some might not have been. I like that better. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Kelly Kelly. Go. Okay, so today I am drinking the Spring Chick Dragon. Ooh. <laughs> nice. 
And this is for all those spring chicks out there who aren't old enough to drink because I went non-alcoholic today because I'm not feeling like drinking. So I did half a small can of Izzy Sparkling Grapefruit Juice Mm -hmm. mixed with half a glass of water and half a package of Crystal Light Lemonade. Oh, yum. That sounds springy. It is. It's very springy. It's very citrusy. It's quite delicious. Um, so Kelly had the spring chick dragon. I like it. A nice, light, non-alcoholic version mm-hmm. of the drink. Yeah. Sounds you can good. always add vodka if you're that kind of person. <laughs> Which, I mean, I usually true. am. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go next? Belle's got her, her drink out. So Okay. Uh, this is my spring mimosa. It's basically like a regular mimosa, but it's like... You know, maybe like three quarters champagne to one quarter peach cranberry, white cranberry ocean spray. So it's kind of like white cranberry and peach. It's refreshing. It's mostly just champagne. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like our our quarantine drinks are going to keep degrading from fun (laughs) stuff. So like, I just have a beer today. It's just... (laughs) It's just it's a Bud Light. That's what I got for you. Um, Mine wasn't fun last time. (laughs) Mine was just vodka out of the bottle last time. (laughs) You were just the vodka dragon. So today, I promised not to have 12 of them and get super drunk again. (laughs) Um, I am having a sake mule. So I have sake from Colorado Sake Company. It's the horchata nigori flavor and then just ginger beer and that's yeah. it what yeah. is what is nigori isn't i of nigiri which is a fish which oh, is okay, sushi so, yeah okay so what is um, nigori i don't know it just oh. i honestly don't know how to describe the flavor it's just good and sweeter okay. than the like american classic style that colorado sake company has so okay Real simple. It's real nice and refreshing. Just sake and ginger beer. <laughs> yes. A socket to you, dragon. Socket to you, dragon. Yeah. A socket you didn't, to you, you guys, dragon. You had a name, Kelly. What's your name, Belle? Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bubbly dragon. The bubbly dragon. Bubbly dra- dragon bubbles. There you go. Yeah. yeah dragon okay, bubbles. so I'm gonna go next because mine's in the same theme as uh, Hannah's, because mine is also based on a Moscow Mule, because we had Moscow Mules last night, and that's what I had left over. But since it was morning, (laughs) I added orange juice and um, some squirt, and then ginger beer, and a shot of vodka, and it is called the the morning, no, the Moscow Dragon. No, yeah, the Moscow Dragon instead of the Moscow Mule. All right. So exciting. Today, today I'm drinking. Mine's not exciting either, but I make, make the name sound exciting. Today I'm drinking Dragon's Blood, yeah, um, because I'm trying not to spend money. So I really did just make this with what I had at home, and I had bacon flavored vodka, oh, uh, yeah. and pickle juice. And so I went around and and I I had three half-eaten jars of pickles in my fridge weird so i just emptied all the juice from all three jars and then a little bit of olive juice because i had some feta stuffed olives that hadn't been opened yet um and it's kind of like a reverse 
Bloody Mary, where you might have tomato juice and vodka and put a little pickle juice for flavor. This is mostly pickle juice with a splash of tomato juice and bacon vodka. <laughs> and, and it is cold and delicious out of my metal unicorn glass that I have. Because I don't have a dragon glass, which is weird. That but is yeah. weird. So bacon vodka, however much pickle juice I had left in those three jars, a little bit of olive juice and a splash of tomato juice. That sounds good, actually. I like to think dragons bleed pickle juice. Cheers! Clink! Clink! <laughs> Are we the ready? To All right. What are you talking about today, Banana? I am talking about David Parker Ray or the Toy Box Killer. Ooh. Oh! Yeah, he. there's like a heavy trigger warning in front of this. It okay. talks about like really intense sexual assault mm. and torture it's not great it's pretty dark we're getting dark today happy easter happy yeah. easter <laughs> all right so david parker ray was born november 6th in 1939 in belen new mexico belen belen i'm always gonna never be able to pronounce things and i won't look it up i refuse stubborn (laughs) so there's not a whole lot known about um ray's childhood pretty much all that we know is that him and his younger sister peggy lived with their grandfather uh there's no mention really of their mom um but their alcoholic father visited them as children occasionally and he was very violent and he began to supply david parker ray with sadomasochistic pornography when he was a child And when Ray attended high school, he went to Mountain Air High School in Mountain Air, New Mexico. And he was bullied during high school for his shyness around girls. But as a teenager, Ray began to develop sexual fantasies of raping, torturing, and murdering women. And around this time, his sister Peggy discovered Ray had um, drawn, like, sadomasochistic drawings. And he had a collection of pornographic photographs that depicted bondage, more sadomasochism. And that's pretty much all that we know about his childhood. Uh, After high school, Ray joined the army and he was honorably discharged. Um, I don't know exactly what year. There's like so little information about him before he started. Even like when he started his killing spree, there's not a whole lot of information. So how old was he um, when his sister found the stuff? When he was a teenager. We don't have like a... Yeah. There's no specific age or anything. Um, And does it say why he was honorably discharged? No, it didn't say why he was discharged, just that he was honorably discharged, so at least it wasn't like a dishonorable discharge. Yeah. Um, We do know that when he was in the Army, he worked as like a general mechanic. Okay. Which I think kind of plays into a little bit of the stuff that he did later. So we also know that Ray was married and divorced four times and he had two children and one of his children actually was an accomplice of his. And I will talk about that more later. That's kind (laughs) of creepy. Yeah. So like I said, there's not a whole lot that we know about like when he started his killing spree, Um, but people believe that he started it during like the mid 1950s. But his crimes didn't come to light until the late 1990s. Wow. Yeah, so. um, And so what David Parker Ray would do 
he had a trailer in New Mexico, in Elephant Butte, New Mexico. And his trailer is where he tortured and presumably killed some of his victims. There actually isn't a whole lot of evidence that um, supports that he did kill people. Mostly it's just evidence that he tortured and kidnapped people and raped people. Um, his accomplices have said that he murdered people, but there's not any physical evidence to prove that. But so David Parker Ray's trailer was full of sex toys, torture implements, syringes, detailed diagrams showing ways to inflict pain, and a homemade electrical generator that was used for torture. And in the middle of this trailer, there is an obstetric table. So like a gynecologist table. Um, with restraints on it and like bars to keep legs separated. And then there was a mirror mounted above this chair on the ceiling. And Ray would put his victims into this chair and he would also put them in wooden contraptions that immobilized them and bent them over while he had his dogs and sometimes other friends rape them. Oh my God. Ugh. Yeah. It's fucking nasty, dark. Um, You weren't kidding about this one being dark. Oh yeah. Oh just wait. Just wait. <laughs> just Maybe wait. I should have been drinking alcohol after all today. <laughs> just throw some vodka in that drink. <laughs> I feel like this is gonna be so short. I'm so sorry, you guys. Oh it's okay. Short and gruesome as fuck. Like what is wrong with you? So when I started doing this, I was expecting it to be super long, but aside from like the people that he was eventually tried for in court like there's no information really but well even just the little bits of information you have about him as a child you can already start to see the picture being painted that he's um not right that he's got the situation where he's being influenced by someone who's supposed to be in a position of you know taking care of him and he's already got some of the hints that he's got some desires that are inappropriate and Mm -hmm. so i mean you can already see even from the little information you have that He's not got the upbringing and childhood to lay a good foundation for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, it said somewhere that even the grandfather who raised him and his sister was like, I don't know if he was necessarily violent, but he was very strict, very kind of like cold. So he didn't really have um, anyone in his childhood who was like warm and loving towards him. It seemed like everyone that he was surrounded by was just kind of uncaring. I guess. <laughs> and not teaching him how to be caring. If yeah. you said it was his grandfather who exposed him at first to some of the pornography and stuff. Well, I think it was his dad. His dad, oh, his who was dad. a okay. pretty violent alcoholic who didn't live with them. It said that he would visit them periodically. And every time that he would like show up, he would come with the pornography. I see. Okay. Yeah. So no yep. one in his life that's giving him a good example, giving him tools or giving him love. Mm-hmm. It's sad when you think about it like that. Let's be sad about it now, because I'm sure as he, as Hannah tells more <laughs> stories, we will not be sad about this man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. So when Ray would have people, when he would kidnap people and have his victims in the trailer, he would often play recordings of his voice um, as his victims regained consciousness. He would either like knock them out a lot of the time or he would drug them to bring them there. And so when they regain consciousness, there would be this video playing, they would be already strapped down and restrained. And I have a transcript of this video recording or this audio recording. 
Um, I'm only going to read a little bit of it. It's very, very long. And the more that you read it, the more fucked up it gets. Even this little bit that I'm going to read right now is like very uncomfortable, very fucked up. So, yeah. So this Here is goes. playing Mrs. Victims are waking up from being drugged and then having done whatever the fuck to them, basically. I think for the most part, this is just right as he's captured them. And so oh, it's before okay. he's really tortured them at all. It's just when they first get into the trailer after he has first kidnapped them, this is what they would hear. And it like goes into very extreme detail about everything that he would be doing to them that hasn't happened oh. yet. So, yeah, I'm going to get real uncomfortable reading this, but here we go. (laughs) Hello there, bitch. Are you comfortable right now? I doubt it. Wrists and ankles chained, gagged, probably blindfolded. You are disoriented and scared, too, I would imagine. Perfectly normal under the circumstances. For a little while, at least, you need to get your shit together and listen to this tape. It is very relevant to your situation. I'm going to tell you in detail why you have been kidnapped, what's going to happen to you, and how long you'll be here. I don't know the details of your capture because this tape is being created July 23rd, 1993, as a general advisory tape for future female captives. The information I'm going to give you is based on my experience dealing with captives over a period of several years. If, at a future date, there are any major changes in our procedures, the tape will be upgraded. Now, you are obviously here against your will. Totally helpless, don't know where you're at, don't know what's going to happen to you. You're very scared or very pissed off. I'm sure that you've already tried to get your wrists and ankles loose and know that you can't. Now you're just waiting to see what's going to happen next. You're probably thinking you're going to be raped and you're fucking sure right about that. Our primary interest is in what you've got in between your legs. You'll be raped thoroughly and repeatedly in every hole you've got. Because basically, you've been snatched and brought here for us to train and use as a sex slave. Sound kind of far out? Well, I suppose it is to the uninitiated, but we do it all the time. It's going to take a lot of adjustment on your part, and you're not going to like it a fucking bit. I don't give a rat's ass about that. It's not like you're going to have any choice in that matter. You've been taken by force, and you're going to be kept and used by force. What all this amounts to is that you're going to be kept naked and chained up like an animal to be used and abused anytime we want, any way that we want, and you might as well start getting used to it. Because you're not, you're going to be kept here and used until such time as we get tired of fucking around with you. And we will, eventually, in a month or two, maybe three. It's no big deal. My lady friend and I have been keeping sex slaves for years. We both have kinky hang-ups involving rape, dungeon games, etc., We found that it is extremely convenient to keep one or two female captives available constantly to uh, satisfy our particular needs. We are very selective when we snatch a girl to use for these purposes. It goes without saying that you have a fine body and you're probably young, maybe very young, because for our purpose, we prefer to snatch girls in the early to mid-teens, sexually developed but still small-bodied, scared shitless, easy to handle, and easy to train. And they usually have tight little pussies and assholes. They make perfect slaves. Yeah, and that goes on for a lot. And it, oh, God. It's so, so it's just fun. a recording that he would play for yeah. these people as they woke up. Every captive, he would play this recording. Yeah, the transcript is very long. I read all of it. I would suggest not reading all of it. <laughs> honestly um, but you can find it online if you just look 
I just Googled David Parker Ray and it came up with um, the transcript of his audio tapes. Twisted individual. Yeah. And well, it, and it, he had people that worked with him. That's what's crazy about that. Yeah, it goes on. It kind of explains that he had like multiple accomplices. I think the biggest one is his girlfriend mm-hmm. because his girlfriend was involved in like picking out the women that they would capture and then she would also rape them and abuse them and so it wasn't just him doing this and um he also explains that he had friends who would come over and get involved in it and some of his friends would rape the women he explains that like he was really the only one torturing them like physically abusing them but it sounds like a lot of people were involved in the sexual abuse of these women yeah, it's real fucked up. Yeah, that's pretty. So he said that 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 recording was from 1993. Yes. Did he have other versions of that recording before that time? Because you said he'd been doing this for a while. I don't know. In the transcript, it doesn't. He kind of like touches on the fact something that he says in the transcript is, "I've been raping women since I've been able to masturbate," and so like you get the idea that he has done this for a very long time, that he has been an abuser and a torturer for a very long time, but there's no like definitive dates. I don't think that there was a first draft of this audio tape or anything before 1993. I think that just around that time is when he started doing the audio tape, but I don't think that's when he started to kidnap and torture people. Okay. Okay. I don't know. It's hard. There's no, there's not really a definitive timeline outside of, like, the late 90s. Um, yeah. So, towards the end of the transcript, he explains how he's going to let all of his victims go. And he explains that he will brainwash them using sodium pentothal and phenobarbital to make them more susceptible to hypnosis and more susceptible to brainwashing. And he will convince them essentially, that none of this happened and convinced them to not go to the police. And for a couple of women, it worked. And we'll see that later on. Um, But for a couple of women, they actually, when they were released, they went to the police and nobody believed them. Oh. Um, Yeah. Which is real fucked up. And then the transcript also describes that the victim will always have a steel collar around their neck that is padlocked and attached to the floor so that they can't escape, and it won't be removed until he lets them go. And he explains that the trailer has steel walls, floor, and ceiling, and was virtually soundproof and had a steel door with two lock keys that only he and his accomplices had the keys to. I feel like that is where I want to take the break. Okay. Because uh, everything else is the the definitive stuff that we know, so the, the trial really starts after this on March 19th, 1999. Um, That's not when the trial starts. That was incorrect. (laughs) Um, Everything that we we definitively know, so like the woman, there's a woman who escaped who got him caught and that began on March 19th, 1999. Okay. So the beginning of his demise. Yes. Okay. Okay. So see you in 10 minutes. Yeah. Sound good, guys? My last, the last total beverage order I got, it was funny. I just got, I wanted to get a few sour beers. That was my last one. And they were out of one thing and they actually called and said, hey, can we give you this instead? It's the same price. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Then they, they're like, great. Okay. 
then they show up with my delivery and it was the very first delivery I did with them like over a month ago not even a single thing in that delivery was the same as what my delivery was but they had the printout and I was like this is the I'm like see look order placed on March 13th like it was like the total wrong one and I was like and I was like and that's really weird because they called me and asked me about substituting something in my order that's not in this order that you brought to me. So they pulled my right order. I but know. Yeah. This, and I should have just taken it because it was like, <laughs> it was like three times more stuff. And, I, and they didn't, and they only charged me for my actual order of like a few six packs. Of, I think I got two six packs of beer and a big bottle of something that sounded good. I think is what it was, but I was like, I should have just taken it. <laughs> but I was like, because of course the delivery driver's like, I have no idea that I just go and they hand me the stuff and I, drive and so i was like i don't know what to tell you but this is not what i wanted like i don't want wine it had wine in it and and i'm like i just wanted some sour beer (laughs) that's all i wanted so anyway are we ready to start again sorry guys (laughs) (laughs) welcome back all right now we're getting into the the stuff that is like more documented we know what's happening um So on March 19th, 1999, David Parker Ray posed as an undercover cop and approached Cynthia Vigil in a parking lot where she was working as a sex worker. And Ray told Vigil that she was under arrest for prostitution and he handcuffed her. And um, after he handcuffed her, he drove her to his trailer in Elephant Butte and kidnapped her. Cynthia Vigil was then tortured for three days Um, but she escaped on March 22nd, 1999. So Cynthia Vigil had waited for Ray to go to work and she unlocked her chains with the keys that Ray's girlfriend and accomplice, Cindy Hendy, had left on a nearby table. Uh, While Hendy was in the other room, she noticed that Vigil had taken the keys and so the two got into a fight uh, where Hendy broke a lamp over Vigil's head but Vigil was able to unlock her chains and she stabbed Hendy in the neck with an ice pick Ah. before running out of the trailer. Vigil was wearing only the steel collar mentioned in Ray's tapes and she ran down the road and got help from a nearby homeowner who called the police. And after the police were called, Ray and Hendy were both taken to prison and the publicity surrounding the arrest caused another victim, Angelica Montano, to come forward and share her experience that she had been kidnapped and tortured her story was very similar to vigils and she said that she had reported her capture to the police but there was no follow-up so this is one of those instances that i mentioned earlier where like she came forward and she told her story but nobody believed her and so there was absolutely nothing done about it and as the police were searching Ray's belongings, they found a video that he had taken of another victim who was identified as Kelly Garrett And this video was from 1996. And after they found the video, Garrett was found alive in Colorado after being identified by a tattoo on her ankle in the video. And she testified that after getting into a fight with her husband, uh, Garrett went to play pool at a saloon with her friends. And this was on July 24th, 1996. She went to Blue Water Saloon near Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. And she was with Ray's daughter, Jessie, and the two of them are friends. So Jesse drugged Garrett's drink. And as Garrett was walking into the parking lot, she suffered a blow from behind that rendered her unconscious. 
And when she woke up, she was um, in Ray's trailer. There was a dog collar attached to her neck and a leash. And she woke up and blacked out multiple times during the two days of torture. And she was also drugged. And some at some point during these two days, Ray slashed her throat in an attempt to murder her. And thinking that she was dead, he dumped her body on the side of the road near Caballo. And she survived. She was found and she was treated for her injuries in the local clinic. But after this ordeal, neither Garrett's husband nor the police believed her story. So what? nothing came of her report. Even though she had her throat slit? Yeah. Nobody believed her. Do you think and so she did that herself? Do you think she was just like, oh, this will convince him if I just cut my own throat? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's really, that's really sad. Yeah, and it gets sadder in her case because her husband didn't believe her and he thought that during the two days that she was missing and captured, he was convinced that she had been cheating on him. So she ended up suing for, like, filing for divorce and left her after this oh. whole ordeal happened to her because he didn't believe her and thought that she was cheating on him. Yes. Um, I know. <laughs> so he thought she slit her own throat too then, apparently. Apparently. Like- yeah, I don't I don't understand how because she had her throat slit, he thought that she was dead and then she shows up in the middle of nowhere. Like how why would you think that she was making that up? Why would there yeah. absolutely no follow up for that? Yeah. Bullshit. Ugh. So she after her divorce, Garrett moved to Colorado and she was interviewed by Cold Case Files later oh. about her ordeal. I want to find that Cold Case Files. Yeah. That would be great. So during the investigation, two other accomplices were discovered by the police. One of them was his daughter, Jessie, uh, Glenda Jean, Jesse Ray, which was Ray's daughter, and then Dennis Yancey. And Yancey had admitted to strangling a former girlfriend, Marie Parker, after Ray had kidnapped and tortured her. And he was eventually convicted of second-degree murder and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. And Yancey was sentenced to two 15-year prison terms. Uh, during this time, Ray had admitted to having an accomplice named Billy Bowers that he had murdered. But the FBI sent 100 agents to examine Ray's property in the surrounding area, but there was no identifiable human remains. So that's kind of not substantiated that he actually killed his old business partner, Billy Bowers. And that definitely sounds like a fake name. <laughs> yeah, Bowers. Billy Bowers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's the only mention of him. It was just that Ray had said that he had murdered him, so. Yeah, makes you wonder. I'm sorry, do you have any history on Yancey? Like, there's not really any history on him. There's a little bit, I mean, pretty much everything is just from what he said during his trial or during um, Park, David Parker Ray's trial. Mm-hmm. Because he's a has to be a messed up individual, too, to be... A partner yeah. with this guy, you know? Yeah, and it's... I, I don't think that he was, like, a long-term accomplice. I think that it was really just in this one instance where, like, Ray had kidnapped... I think it was his, like, Yancey's girlfriend, former girlfriend, and then he was the one who killed her. It's not really... It doesn't say whether it was Yancey's former girlfriend or Ray's former girlfriend. It just says former girlfriend, Marie Parker. But from what I gather, I think it was Yancey's girlfriend who Ray had kidnapped and tortured, and then Yancey was the one who killed her. Okay. It's interesting to me that that two of the accomplices are women. That's yeah. Weird. Yeah. 
that yeah that was the weirdest part and that one of them is his daughter mm-hmm. yeah and she was only involved in as far as i can tell like getting um women there specifically garrett i don't know if there were any other women so i don't think that she was involved in like the torture itself but still but she had like, to know she had or... to have known well, like, yeah, what relationship do you have that you're like helping your dad mm-hmm. get Victims like what? He probably abuses her massively. He probably mm-hmm. abuses all of the women in his life massively and has yeah. them like brainwashed to help them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, it's very interesting. The people who were his accomplices mm-hmm. and just the fact that he had accomplices like that is always so interesting to me when any serial killer has accomplices. Yeah. yeah. That's just more interesting to me than like the so that they can find that they can get people to trust them like that mm-hmm. when they fully know the crimes that they are committing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get weird. them to think that it's okay. And yeah, yeah, like they can logic somehow logic it away. Oh and no, none of them give like turn on them in. Like none of yeah. Like the more people who know about something you did, then the more likely that you are gonna mm-hmm. get caught. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, and he had like friends who knew that all of this was happening who would just come over to their house and yeah something that they did they just had women chained up in their trailer and they were like well that's none of my business yeah that's yeah. kind of a little bit your business actually everyone. yeah <laughs> just a little bit everybody's business really mm-hmm. when ray released his prisoners he would induce amnesia with the drugs that he used and because of this um Many of them did not report their crime. And there is actually one woman who was uncertain that her recollection of the abuse was anything other than a nightmare. Like, she thought that she had all made it up. Like, that's how convinced, how convincing the amnesia was that Ray had created. Uh, and what she did wasn't... She, what did she think she was doing for those missing months that she made up this, like... I like, don't know. What, how do you explain I mean, that away? Like, where have I been for two months? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, like, it's pretty easy without the amnesia for, like, the brain. If you go through a very traumatic experience, it's very easy for the brain to just put up walls so that you don't remember that. And so, I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly how that would work, but I can understand that. Because, like, people who have those amnesic walls that, like, prevent them from remember- remembering their past trauma, they don't remember that they missed like two months if that yeah. makes sense like it's not but i guess like she's some remembering something but she thinks it's made up i guess that's what's weird yeah. to me it's not even like she's just like i don't know where i was for two months like she remembers it but is convinced she made it up and like so how do you it's hard for me to understand how the brain works where you wouldn't question like well what was i really doing like yeah. you know what i mean I'm sure it's the combination of the traumatic experience and the brain trying to protect itself and that and the you said that like the drugs he was giving her Mm. and like the Mm. hypnosis he was trying to do to convince her of that to place those memories in her head or or place the thought that it wasn't real in her head or whatever so I'm sure it's a combination of all of it and I guess unfortunately that this woman wasn't just like Oh, now I'm back at work at my good nine to five right. job, making sixty thousand dollars a year, having a husband and kids. Like I'm pretty sure that she, like, probably was. You you probably could see the effects of this traumatic experience and whatever had happened to her in her daily life, impacting her ability to function. 
in some way. I don't, you know, yeah. speculative, yeah. but you would think that somehow it would be impacting her and it's not like she would just forgot about it and moved on and everything's happy. No. Yeah. But so this woman was contacted by the FBI and she was questioned by them and that's when she began to remember her abuse and like all those memories started coming back to her and she started remembering it in increasing detail and knew that this was real. So in the end, Ray was tried for his attacks in three separate trials, one of them for his attacks on Cynthia Vigil, one for Angelica Montano, and one for Kelly Garrett. And trial one resulted in a mistrial and a retrial. And there was ultimately no conviction in the retrial. And Montano died before the second trial, and there was ultimately no conviction. But in the third trial, Ray agreed to a plea bargain where he was sentenced to 224 years in prison for numerous offenses in the abduction and sexual torture of these three women. So and, really, really fast. Sorry. They, they yeah. all three women were, were together in the same trial. They combined all those charges. They weren't, they weren't separate. I think that they were separate trials because okay. like he was tried three separate times. The first trial uh, for Cynthia Vigil, I think that they were like, they separated them into different trials for each of the three women. I guess that makes sense because you said he wasn't convicted in the first one, so then they couldn't try yeah. him again because that would be double jeopardy. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I think technically the only one that he was con convicted for was the attack on Kelly Garrett, which is the one that there was a videotape for. But he agreed to a plea bargain. He was sentenced to 224 years and he was sentenced in 2001. And so, his accomplices also had their own trials and some of them were sentenced to like different amounts of time. Ray's daughter, Jessie, was tried on charges of kidnapping and was sentenced to two and a half years in prison and she served an additional five years on probation. No. And in nine, mm -mm. Uh, yeah, and she was only tried on the kidnapping. That's the only thing that they could have That's not her on, I think. Because she knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and that seems like a short amount of time for kidnapping in Kidnap general yeah a few years only and then five years on probation like that is it such a short amount wonder, of time i mean i don't know stretch here but it makes me wonder if some of his friends that would come over and sexually abuse all of these women were on the police force yeah. yeah i do yeah i do wonder how he didn't get convicted on all yeah, of either of the other I think, yeah. I think the biggest thing from what I can gather, and this is just wild speculation because I couldn't find like the actual transcripts for the court or for the trials or anything. Um, but I think with the first two cases, it was just there wasn't really strong evidence to prove that it had happened. It was just these women had this story that it had happened to them. Cynthia Vigil was picked up um, outside of his like at the neighbor's house. And so I think that is the most evidence that they really have for her case. Uh, with Angelica Montano, she died before the trial even happened. So she couldn't even really represent her side of the story herself. And so I think that played a big part in it. And the fact that Kelly Garrett, which is the one that they actually had the conviction in, she had a video that proved that she was kidnapped, that proved that she was there with David Parker Ray. And so I think that did a lot to helped push but, the conviction but that one was the one where he pled he took a plea deal so they didn't even yeah. take that one to trial he but That's it was true, enough true. that he was like it's enough that i may not win mm -hmm. but didn't they like go into his trailer and see the torture environment yeah, yeah. There's, there's pictures of the trailer that you can see inside of the trailer as the police were like searching through it and you can see all of these devices 
But I guess that there's an argument to be made that that could be circumstantial evidence. He's to say that these women weren't like willing participants in all of it because they like David Parker Ray and his girlfriend were sadomasochist and like they were into the like BDSM and stuff in their relationship. So who's to say that these people weren't as well? Like I can understand Maybe the argument the against running it. down it's bullshit, but I can understand what it's the argument is. Maybe the running down the street wearing nothing but a collar and screaming for help. Maybe that's a clue that she wasn't just into it with them. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's bullshit that he wasn't convicted in the first two trials, but understanding the way that our justice system works and understanding the way that women who are abused and women who are sexually assaulted are not necessarily always taken as seriously as they should be. I can understand why there wasn't a conviction until there was enough evidence like a videotape that proved that this happened. Mm-hmm. No, I see that. It's stupid, but I see it. It's Especially if these women, if the crimes have been the crimes have been committed earlier and disregarded, all of that evidence that could potentially have been found at that time is lost too, you know, and everything changes yeah. when it's not followed up on immediately. You yeah, lose well, so much. Is that, like a good chunk of these women had reported it. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like in the past, like there was, you know, one of the women like her husband divorced her because he didn't believe her. And yeah, that's so yeah. shitty. And she didn't even get justice for herself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I mean, like, he deserves to rot in prison until he dies, you know, absolutely. But the fact that her personal case mm-hmm. was not one. No, Kelly Garrett's was one. She was the one who her husband. She was the one. one. Oh, she was the one? Okay. Yeah. Angelica Good. Montano was, um, she was one who had, um, reported it to the police and there was no follow-up and then Cynthia Vigil is the one who escaped who Mm -hmm. brought all of this to light oh man um but Kelly Garrett was the one who her husband divorced her it's just so shitty it's just like the whole situation yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so there's still more I have to talk about the other accomplices oh yeah we went on a big old rant um this is bullshit it is all bullshit it's bullshit I mean at the very least everyone in this who was tried as an accomplice was convicted to some time in prison. Um, so there's that. It wasn't uh, truly just because it wasn't enough in a lot of cases, but yeah. um, so in 1999, Yancey was convicted of the strangul- strangulation of Marie Parker. And in 2010, he was paroled after serving 11 years of his sentence in prison, but the release was delayed by uh, due to difficulties in negotiating a plan for his residence. So in 2011, he was released, and only three months after his release, he was charged with violating his parole and taken back into custody. And he was to serve the rest of his original sentence, and he's supposed to be released next year in 2021. So that would have been the end of his original sentence. Okay. Um, In 2000, Cindy Hendy testified against Ray and received a sentence of 36 years for her role in the crimes. She was scheduled to receive parole in 2017, and she was released on July 15, 2019, after serving the two years of her parole in prison. So Cindy Hendy is released. She's done. Hmm. Um, Which I don't, I don't feel, that's not... (laughs) No, I agree. Because she has the biggest, most you know, mm-hmm. just, like, involvement in everything, and yeah. that's, you know, not And fair. even her, her original conviction of 36 years 
which she didn't even serve that that's not good enough for me <laughs> mm-hmm. no not for me uh so on my Ma- on may 28th 2002 ray was already in custody and he was taken to the lee county correctional facility in hobbs new mexico to be questioned by state police further about his inve- or about his crimes but he died of a heart attack before the investigation took or before the interrogation took place what a bastard oh. Yeah, so he, he I think he was sucker. in prison for a year, and then he died of a Ugh. heart attack. That's it. That's the toy box killer, David Dying Parker Ray. Out of it. So why is he called the toy box killer? Uh, I think because he called his trailer the toy box, or like the, the playroom. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Didn't he also only target like young teenage girls? Um, some of them were teenaged. Some of them were like young adults. Okay. Most of them were very young. Most of them were like, I would say, like early to late teens to like the early twenties. Yeah. And with, there's like not a whole lot of information outside of these three victims that were uh, that he was tried against. There's not yeah. really a whole lot of information about any of his other victims. So. so and no how many people he actually tortured. Yeah. Or killed. Like, he technically was not convicted of any murders, so... But it's believed that he murdered a certain amount of women. And he said he said in his recording, uh, that audio tape that he played for all of his victims, he said that he had slit women's throats before and that he would, like, do it again, so... Yeah. He just so casually left that one girl to die in Colorado, so... Yeah. <laughs> But, like, wouldn't the video or the audio tape of him saying, I've slit women's throats, like, wouldn't that be evidence? evidence? Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand. Um, yeah, it is weird that he there's didn't. There's so many technicalities and stuff, though, that can happen, especially in the first case where there was a mistrial and a retrial. Like, I can only imagine what would have happened to cause the mistrial and retrial in the first place and then that can just throw off an entire mm-hmm. trial anyway an entire investigation and so yeah oh, bullshit. because he had too many people too high up come into his playroom to do whatever um you know conspiracy that's just wild speculation it is it's it's completely so unfounded right <laughs> <laughs> i like the theory but it's just a theory. It's just a theory. Unfounded theory. <laughs> but possible. Well, that was a good story, Hannah. Very dark. Mm. Happy Very Easter. Messed up individual. I still uh, think it's just think it's weird how he can how he had so many people that helped him. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. He must have been a very persuasive person. Or just good at finding other psycho people or, that are yeah. like yeah. I think that's part of it. Like, he found people who were like him. Mm-hmm. Well, should we move on to things that don't suck? Sure. That don't suck. Things that don't suck. Yeah. Does anybody have anything that doesn't suck? Because I feel like our whole energy for this podcast <laughs> is a little low. Um, with, which is understandable with all the shit that's going on right now. You know what doesn't suck? Mom and dad were able to find toilet paper at the store last Yay! week. So Yay! my parents can clean themselves and they're Yay! not. Sick. That's good. I found George found toilet paper and paper towels at the store yesterday. Yeah, oh, amazing. And last week when he spent $25 for a package of toilet paper to be delivered to us that got changed at the very end to a package of napkins. 
what? Because <laughs> <laughs> they were out of toilet paper, but it was still $25. We're still good, but I feel like pretty soon here in my house, it's going to become a privilege to pee. Yay. <laughs> I was waiting for Kelly to sing. <laughs> All right, who wants to go next? Things that don't suck. I'll go next. You know what okay. doesn't suck? What? The internet. Hmm. Don't get me wrong, the internet can suck, I guess. But just the <laughs> fact that it exists is a thing that doesn't suck. Because it's yeah. allowing us to talk to each other. And yeah. it's allowing me to watch Netflix. And the, yeah, that a fact the fact that in this whole thing it's considered an essential business so that people still have to go make it work so we all can have mm-hmm. internet. Yeah. I like that, Kelly. <laughs> That's a good one. <clears throat> it uh helps to keep us little connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's next? Um, I can go next. My thing that doesn't suck is that I have a nice view. I have a really small nine hundred square foot one bedroom apartment. But my little balcony overlooks this little man-made pond that we have back, you know, like in between the buildings and stuff. And uh, there has been two pairs of geese, like two geese and then like their little girlfriends, right? And they have been like warring with each other. Don't assume their sexuality, Belle. I mean, I'm assuming because they're really big and then they got really small little partners. Anyway, what? They're warring with each other? They're, like, warring with each other. Like, territory wars. Geese wars. It's been, like, way more interesting (laughs) than anything that I have been watching on TV. (laughs) Like, it's been Uh, It's snowy now, so they're not out. There's, like, one little duck that'll, like, float around in the pond and, like, quack at the geese as they're, like, trying to kill each other. He's like, hey, you guys, knock it off. He's like the uh, old man. He was out there this morning, and I heard the geese, but I haven't seen him. But they're huge, man. Geese are giant. They're mean. Don't want to go down there. Did you, did you guys see the thing about the one eagle who attacked another eagle nest and stole the lady eagle from the other guy no. eagle? Oh yeah, God. out of Stanley Lake. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It's okay. my girlfriend. Stealing bitches. Well, it was the girl who stole the egg and the mail, so it's my boyfriend. Oh, I thought... What? I thought the male attacked it. Mm-mm, it's a female. Oh, I, that, I read it, it wrong then. It's like an imposter. A female came in and attacked and then stole her spot. Oh. She's like, oh, you already got eggs in there? Oh, right. So she's too lazy to have That's her own That's so babies. sad. Yeah, it is really sad. That's like those bitches that steal people's babies out of the like maternity from the hospital. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think that the male one fought with her, Jess, maybe. Like, when she first tried to come, the male one fought her to get her to go away, but then... But then he was just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, then they like, wait a second, girl fight, and took a step back like most men do. Yeah, there isn't any footage, I don't think, of the girls fighting, but maybe he could see it from his nest or something. Who knows? <laughs> Who hasn't done a thing that doesn't suck? I'll do mine. So, um... Yesterday, or no, today is Derek's little sister Jennifer's birthday. Mm-hmm. And yesterday was supposed to be her birthday party. And, you know, kids aren't having their birthday parties anymore. She's like six, I think. Yeah. Um, so Derek, being the amazing big brother that he is, he got one of those police parades. And there was like 30 police cars. He sent a video. It was really cute of her standing on the 
on the curb watching them go and they would like toot their sirens and some of them were playing like happy birthday over the siren and they'd yell you know say happy birthday to her and she would just stand there and wave and every now and then she'd go thank you <laughs> it was so cute really and what was brian's oh. comment when when it happened he was like yeah way to show me up derek thanks but <laughs> derek brother points for that so i thought it was yeah. pretty cool <laughs> derek has connections for that too so yeah <laughs> but it was super sweet that is nice. totally sweet that's he's, my thing that doesn't suck he's a good big brother he is it's your turn my thing that doesn't suck is that i am surrounded by people that i love and we're all healthy and we're all happy except for my bird who's angry all the time but, <laughs> can you hear him yelling and at yeah. me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay salem's magic she'll just edit that out uh, i don't think i can this time <laughs> why well, i took him out so that he wouldn't yell that he just flew away <laughs> that's well that's why he was yelling he said i'll show you he was yelling because he wanted out like yeah <laughs> he wanted, or what he wanted he can't rely though he's bad at flying he's always been bad at flying and he'll just like fly head first into stuff. And we have so many boxes. <laughs> like we had a bag of trash in our room once and we let him out and he flew directly into the bag of trash and then just like sat there and like yelled at us. <laughs> Maybe he likes trash. Maybe he comes from a long line of dumpster birds or something. Like, or, or he used to be a seagull. <laughs> or, uh, I said dumpster. I really just meant dump or landfill. But either one works. <laughs> we did it, guys. Uh, we made it through, though. We finished. We, we aren't all that talkative today. I on, honestly, I don't feel that well today. All right, guys. <laughs> well, I don't feel so sick now that I burped. But who knows how long okay. that'll last. <laughs> that was uh, a great podcast. Good story, uh, Han. Yeah. Love you guys. I love, love you. you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.